This episode of the Beauty Industry Podcast was brought to you by Aspect Skincare. Hello and welcome to the Beauty Industry Podcast, your online support community for the professional beauty industry. I am your host, founding director of Beauty Industry, Tamara Reed. Here, we are closing the competitive gap and speaking your language. This is a platform created and dedicated to the professional beauty industry, valuing community over competition. We serve to help connect you with inspiration from industry experts, expand your knowledge through educational pieces, and bring you the latest in product and technology innovation. This is Beauty Industry. Today, my guest is Miranda Waple from the Six Senses Group. The CEO of the new International Beauty Group has 25 years of experience as a consultant and senior executive with L'Oreal and has worked in skincare and developed perfume in France, New Zealand and Australia. Miranda was the first New Zealander to graduate from Paris Business School, HEC, and has been since involved with various metrics that make a brand memorable, including new product development, launching into the market, growth strategies to build existing client portfolios, as well as international expansion. The Auckland beauty entrepreneur had not long finished a 17-year career with L'Oreal when Miranda decided to take a break to spend more time with her sons, Luca and Zach, and see where her career may take her. Her now company, The Six Senses, houses a tight range of products that work extremely well to stimulate the senses as the name suggests. The sixth sense is, of course, emotion, which is stirred when sight, scent, sound, taste or touch are stimulated. To talk to us today about the recent merger with Pure Beauty Australia, using polysensorality to qualify partners, as well as her recent experiences with brand reinvigoration, here is Miranda Waple. Miranda, thank you so much for joining me on the Beauty Industry Podcast today. Thank you, Tamara. I'm delighted to be here. Oh, likewise, in having you, I know you are an extremely busy lady, so I'm very, very appreciative of your time. Um, in saying that, we're going to jump straight into the conversation. And we always start by going all the way back to the beginning of our career in the professional aesthetic and beauty industry by finding out how you got started. So I'd love to explore that with you. Well, I went to live in Paris to go to business school in my early 20s. And after graduating, I joined L'Oreal in their head office as a product manager. Um, and I was involved in product creation and development of hair care brand, and then moved into skincare and makeup and eventually fragrance in various roles. And I had been in Paris for a decade before I was transferred back to New Zealand as general manager of that company's luxury division. So 17 years with that company, and then I left to start my own business, The Six Senses. So I've been in beauty for 26 years and I doubt I'll ever leave. That's exactly right. I think a lot of people have that revelation somewhere down the track being in the beauty industry. They go, oh, maybe I'll just dip my toe out of the water. But I find people always return and then they go, why did I ever think I could leave? I love it so much. Oh, I agree. Look, I tried to get out of beauty, but it didn't work. Um, I thought if I didn't try my hand to something else, I'd never be able to work in, an, in a, another sector. 
Um, but actually, it just didn't work. I wanted to stay in beauty. It's such a great industry. Lots of amazing women and men working in it. We make products that make people feel good. And that makes me happy. So still here. You will no, no doubt stay here forever. Absolutely. And tell me then, what took you to Paris in the first place? Well, I had been studying, I did a marketing honours degree in um, Otago in New Zealand, and I, I had always loved French, the language. We lived in the UK as when I was a child, and we'd been to France a couple of times on holiday, and I think I just always loved the language. So I studied it at, in university, and uh, then the, the dean of the marketing school suggested I go into a postgrad course in France after that, which sounded like a great way of having an OE that was actually constructive and going somewhere. So um, I was 22 and I, off, I went to, off I went to Paris all by myself. It was quite daunting at the time, um, but that's why I was there when, um, when I, two years later I started work for L'Oreal. Incredible. I um, went to work on the cruise ships when I was 22. And how is that flight? Did you travel on your own when you went to Paris on the flight? I did, and it was it was pretty daunting. How was it for you? It is. Cried the whole way. <laughs> <laughs> and then I sat next to, um, I, I cried from uh, Australia to uh, Abu Dhabi, and at Abu Dhabi a men's kind of bucks party a, a weekend away, you can call, sat next to me, and they were quite a lot older, um, and they were Russian, and they were just cheersing vodka, and I thought, stuff it, I'm just going to have a vodka. I'm on my way to London to work on a cruise ship. We've got to enjoy this. <laughs> Oh, that's fantastic. I was quite excited by it. It was when I landed afterwards in Paris and realized that even after many years of learning the language, I couldn't understand a word anyone was saying. They spoke so quickly and I suddenly thought, oh my God, what have I done? Mm. So yeah, I went to the, and I went to this business school and I was there. All the foreigners had to be there a couple of weeks before the, um, the French people, because we were missing out on the first year of the study and going straight into second year. We had to have degrees before um, before we went into the into this into this school. So you were there on this campus that was empty and bleak. And it was that point that I thought, oh, I can't do this. And I picked up the telephone in my room to call home, thinking this will be the first time I've quit at something. And um, there was a automatic voice recording in French, which I didn't understand, which actually said you have to put money on your phone uh, when the office opens in three weeks' time. So at that point, uh, I, I'm stuck here, <laughs> luckily, because um, everything everything came from there. It was a good experience. <laughs> it sounds like you're um, pretty persistent uh, where, have, where you have to be, I guess, <laughs> or where you can't make a phone call, it sounds like maybe is, is more so the term perhaps. Um, but tell me about collaborations because that's something you have done a lot in your career um, and correct me otherwise, but your first collaboration was with Karen Walker and um, I read that you were really, really passionate to actually collaborate with Karen Walker and uh, that you met her and her board 10 times in an effort to persuade them, which has clearly been instrumental in your success. What was the driver behind that passion and that persistence? Well, when I left uh, L'Oreal after eight years as the GM um, and having nothing to go to, my idea was let's just take time to take stock and then work out what else you want to do because this has been a fantastic road. L'Oreal is an amazing company 
and I've learned so much and made wonderful friends there. But let's now just take a moment. And I think it took me about two days of, uh, before I thought, oh, I wonder if Karen Walker is making a fragrance. Maybe I could help her. So when I first approached her, it was the idea of, shall I help you do this? But the way that they operate is, is to um, partner up with experts in their field. So to create a fragrance for her, I had to actually create a company to do that. And the idea was just too good to be true because Karen Walker is an, a fantastic international fashion designer um, based in New Zealand. Um, with, uh, I mean, she's got, there are so many amazing things about, about this designer. And they have so many categories except beauty. And I just saw so much potential. But while they had always thought they'd like to create fragrance and um, at least fragrance, they uh, had always thought it would be difficult. So when we first started talking, they were interested. Um, when the board got involved, they were saying, Miranda, you are unproven. You can't do this by yourself. You don't even have a company. So they kept pushing me back. And I first started talking with them in um, January and we signed in November. And partway through that year, I had actually spent a lot of time with my husband's family in France. And it was at that point that I got an email from Karen saying, it's just not going to work. Oh. And we have, we have children, we had children going to the same school. So she, it was a bit of a dear John letter. I'll oh, thank you for all the hard work, but, and I'll, I'll no doubt see you at the school gate. It was horrible. It was the worst thing. <laughs> it was like a the last thing I wanted to receive. And my husband said, Oh God, after all that work and I'm so sorry for you. It's, you know, it's kind of all over. And I was like, what do you mean it's all over? I mean, I was devastated first, but I always click into not, not giving up. That's, that's, I'm not living this. If you want something strongly enough, I just think you just have to keep fighting. And I will keep fighting for something until I'm really sure that it can't be done. And I think if there's one thing, I had to think about it recently. If there's one thing that's been a key to my success, it's just, I just don't give up. I just keep going until I'm really, really sure. That, okay, I gave it my best shot and I'm happy with that. And I can, I can walk away fine with it. So when I came, um, I, yeah, I went back one evening later with a whole list of options for her. She took about five days and I came back saying, okay, this sounds interesting. And I couldn't believe that, but yeah, the rest was on. And Karen now says to this day that I was the epitome of persistence and they just couldn't shake me off. So they, that they might as well take me on, but that shows just don't give up. Just keep going. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes taking no is a not yet or not right now um, so that you can learn and grow and develop or find a proper answer or find the correct answer that fits that person or that partnership and then getting that solution, going back to them. And then it eventually might be a yes, if you're persistent enough for sure. Interesting. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I think it's, I think it, that, that, that thought that nothing's impossible and we can, if we want it strongly enough, we can make it happen. You've just got to keep believing that you can. If as long as you want it enough, I think people can make quite a, quite a lot of things happen. Definitely. So that company that they said uh, you didn't have and hence why, you know, perhaps the partnership wasn't going to go ahead, you then went and had and created it yourself, which we now know is the Sixth Senses Group. Tell me about that. Yes. So the thing, it was, it was tricky because we had to be, it had to be confidential that we were creating fragrance, that we were 
negotiation with Karen Walker to create fragrances for her because she's such a, you know, this is news and the media would want to print it months and months before the fragrances were actually launched. So this meant that we had to do things very hushed, hushed, hushed up and then at the same time try to get the funding for the business. So it was quite a tricky year. Um, but luckily I had met Teresa Gatting, who is the chair of AIA Insurance in Australia and has been a past CEO of Telecom in New Zealand. Um, she's a wonderful entrepreneur and philanthropist and, um, and it actually started the CEO for women in New Zealand after it was founded in Canada. So she's fantastic. And she and I had met at a conference where we'd both been speaking and I approached her with the idea and she liked it. And then she brought in her friend, <clears throat> excuse me, she brought in her friend Donna Fife, and I brought in mine, my friend Samantha Warner, who's now based in the UK. And we had an all-female board, which was which was fun and topical. Mm -hmm. uh, and so there were the four of us and two smaller investors. And they we were the six senses. So there were six of us who founded the company, but also we like to talk about the sixth sense as that that magical emotion that you feel when you smell a great fragrance. You know how you've got, you've got all, the six, all the five senses that we know, but the sixth one is all about emotion. And fragrance makes you dream, it transports you somewhere else. So linking those two uh, was why we called it the six senses. I love that so much. And you've just um, evoked a memory I had on Sunday. I was walking through uh, a market with my husband and um, my baby and I could smell this woman's perfume. And I said to him, that's just taken me back to my primary school years, meeting my mom's best friend. And it's so interesting how scent can literally transport you. And had I seen a bag or had I heard a sound, maybe I wouldn't have that same experience or that same memory jog as I did with the scent of that perfume. You're absolutely right. And I, and I think it's, it's so fascinating the way, the, the way scent can transport us and the fact that it's our oldest memory. And so our earliest memories are of of what we have smelt. And that's why, you know, you get a, a great fragrance that's got cinnamon and uh, other spices and sweetness in it. And it transports you back to your grandmother's baking, you know, and it just makes you feel good. And that's why one of the reasons I love fragrance and one of the reasons we create fragrances to make people feel good. We create products that we, we want people to feel good when they use them little moment of joy in your day. After the break, Miranda shares with us her magic on how to uniquely position a brand or service to maximize your client's intrigue. But first, a word from today's beauty partner. The team at Aspect Skincare have recently launched their newest product to the Aspect Doctor Physician-only range, the Lanazyme Micro Peel, an elevated version of Aspect's cult favorite fruit enzyme mask. Lanazyme is an advanced peeling gel formula containing a complex of fruit enzymes, pumpkin ferment extract, and lana blue that works synergistically to visibly lift away lifeless cells for instant gratification and immediately smoother, more radiant looking skin. You can learn more about this game-changing product by heading to Aspect Skincare's website at www.aspectskincare.com or swipe up to read the show notes and click through. 
Thank you so much to the team at Aspect Skincare for making this episode possible. And now back to Miranda. I find it quite interesting how most people these days say, okay, I want a business. They build the business, they create the business, and then they go out and find the clients. Whereas you almost did it backwards. You had a client already, and then you said, oh my goodness, I don't have a business now. I've got to create one. How did you find that process in being so backwards? Yes, it's, it's, uh, I, I agree. It's funny. I'm, I could say uh, at the time I was an accidental entrepreneur because I didn't go out thinking I've got to make my own company. And in fact, in, in the Paris Business School, in the second year, we had to do a major. And the major I did, funnily enough, was entrepreneur mm-hmm. because it was the hardest to get into. And it sounded really interesting. You had to create a company and do all these different things. Um but when it came to um, wanting to create fragrances for Karen, I had actually just thought I'd work for her or be a contractor. Mm. The idea of creating my own company only came to me then when it was going to be, a, it's a make or break. This is what you have to do. And having done it, I don't know why I didn't do it sooner because it's exciting and daunting and at times terrifying having your own company. Um but there are so many wonderful things about it as well. And I think it's it's great that people in Australia and New Zealand are so open to um, creating their own companies and, and for, for really following their own passions. And then at times trying to find a balance there. And one of the things I wanted to do was to try to create myself a job that I could work around the rest of my life. I've got two, two boys and I wanted to be able to see them more. Um, the idea was if I create a company, I'm working from home, I'll see them more often. But that's work-life balance and that's a whole other topic because, of course, (laughs) when you've got your own company, there's not a lot. (laughs) There's no such thing. No, I'll tell you that. (laughs) So then tell me, um, you work with quite a number of very impressive brands and how you onboard them or qualify to work with them. Um, The word polysensorality comes up. Tell me about this. What does this actually mean? This means that all of the senses are um, stimulated. Where if, the, if a product is polysensorial, let's 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 look at a let's look at say for example our latest um, uh, a day cream by Blessed by Nature. If I can mention that, we've just brought out a hydrating dewy moisturizer. The packaging looks good, so the scent your your visual senses are stimulated. Uh, the smell of the fragrance is very gentle and calming. Um, when you put it, when you click the, the tube open, it's just got a soft, gentle little sound. So um, it's nice on the ears. When you actually put the product, um, the formulation onto your skin, it's a lovely texture. And when you when it melts into your into your skin on your face, it, it just feels good. And the fragrance, oh, I've mentioned the fragrance, the fragrance is, is lovely too. So then you, you feel an emotion about while you have your maybe it's just a minute or a couple of minutes that you and that it takes you out of yourself and you have this little moment just for you it's a little quiet moment and the idea is that it makes you feel good because all of your senses have we've ticked the box on all of those all of those sensory experiences so that's the polysensoriality you can have otherwise a product that's um, got a beautiful packaging but if the quality of the formulation inside isn't up to scratch then it's not a great experience so basically we want to make the entire experience enjoyable and pleasurable for the consumer that's where that 
polysensoriality comes in. Incredible. And so you're just about to launch a brand refresh. Um, is that something that you really keep front of mind when actually doing this or purchasing or reinvigorating a beauty brand? You go, okay, does it tick off these six boxes? If yes, let's perhaps keep two and three, but if no, let's introduce five and six. Yes, absolutely. Look, we're really single-minded about representing brands which stimulate all the six senses. Um, if we look at Blessed by Nature, there, there were some really good ingredients, uh, but there were some of the uh, some other issues. So, for example, the the visual look of the packaging didn't communicate all the quality of the product that was inside. Um, and visually, it was confusing for the consumer to know which products to choose. And there were some a few products that were missing from the range that we would thought were essentials. Um, some of the fragrances were too strong. And so we paid it all back to look at what works, what's working and what isn't. And can we change some of these aspects to make a really great brand? And so it's really exciting. We spent a year um, redeveloping the brand. We're just relaunching it now. So it's naturally powerful skincare with the feel-good factor. Basically, the idea is with all of the senses stimulated, it makes you feel happy and, and the product works. So I'm really excited to see how consumers are going to find it. Very exciting times ahead. Um, Mia Friedman of Mamma Mia once said on branding, when you confuse, you lose. And that little quote has just stuck in my head forever. So uh, the fact that you say something's narrow, it's niche, it's straightforward, it's simple for both men and women um, sounds like a winner to me, definitely. Um, another thing that sounds like a winner is your merger with Pure Beauty. So how did that come about? Is that something that has been um, quite organic or has it been in the background for a while? Oh, it came about organically. Um, I had been approached to be a consultant to Pure Beauty a couple of years ago. Um, and a year later was then asked to run the business as CEO. And we then identified quite so many synergies between the businesses that it just made sense to take well, two countries, singular focus, combine the three owned brands under one umbrella. Uh, so um, we signed in the end of August, 1st of September. So um, we've now got everyone in the team focusing on building the Melbourne-based skincare brands of what have we got? Blessed by Nature and Handsome Men's Skincare. And then in New Zealand, there's the Karen Walker beauty brand, as well as the other brands that we import. And it's, it's been really important to bring the team along on this journey because sharing that vision has been so essential to make it a success and for the team to feel like they're really part of it. So we've got a house of brands that excites the senses and um, three those th the three main brands, we really want to take them global. And that keeps us all bouncing out of bed in the morning. Very, very impressive. I want to stay on that note for one second. Speaking of, of teams, and you mentioned there what keeps you getting out of bed in the morning, which I put down to your purpose and your passion. Um, being general manager of L'Oreal and obviously now running the Six Senses Group, what are some of the biggest lessons that 
these roles and obviously being approached for, you know, CEO roles are just such an impressive feat. But what are some of the lessons that these huge roles have taught you? Or maybe even it's sometimes the smaller stuff where you find the, the biggest lesson. Oh, I'm still learning every day. Um, are there a few things? Um, I do block out time to work uninterrupted with my not- notifications are permanently switched off except for meeting meeting alerts. But um, switching off means I can concentrate and make fast decisions and just keep focusing on that big picture. And I like to keep meetings short. And otherwise, surround yourself with great people who can give you great advice. I have an amazing board. They've got incredible insights to business challenges. And I try to draw on on that as often as possible. Um, It's really important to hire the best people you can. The ones who've got passion and drive, you can teach them everything else. But it's that passion and drive and that dedication that's uh, that's really, really key. I think it's important to be authentic and set the example to the team as well, not to be afraid to get your hands dirty. So I will sometimes be seen putting perfumes or skincare tubes into boxes, putting the courier label on the box, mucking in with the team, because um, that's what we do. And it's, it's just important to, to really be all on the same page and show that all jobs are important. Yeah, absolutely. And not being afraid to leave your ego at the door, I think comes a lot with that authenticity um, kind of vibe that you were saying there. I think when we get to a place where we feel like we are too good to put the sticker label on the box or, uh, you know, oh, no, I'm not I'm not doing that for whatever reason that may be, that starts to then really throw some hoops at us, right? And that's when team members become a little bit disgruntled. So I think sometimes as well, it's, it's not being too good for any of the jobs and doing all of the jobs where possible absolutely and i totally agree and you know even just a couple of years ago i would have been because somebody we needed we needed someone to spritz fragrance in a department store so i did it on a saturday and we because we didn't have someone to do it and the advantage there is that you get to see what the consumers are wanting. Mm. You get to see what the life of the, the, the fragrance retail advisor, what her life is like, what his life is like, what do they need? It's the same thing every time when I, if I go into a, um, a, a store, you know, you've got to talk to the people in the shop, shop floor. What's their life like? What do they need from you as a skincare company owner? What are we, what are we missing? And it's, it's all that is so important. And uh, it's really amused me when sometimes other people are doing demonstrating um, that they'll they don't realise that I'm the CEO. So they um, they you know they ask me where I work or how long's my shift, etc. And and I have to little smile to my face because I think well as long as I force myself to stand here doing this, but it's <laughs> it's all of all of the all of this is really I think it's really important to show your team. That as well that you you'll prepare, get prepared to get stuck in every Christmas we all we're all packing boxes in the run up in the run up to Christmas and it's good it just keeps keeps everything real Absolutely. Now, something we get asked in our community um, is around launching your own business or a service or um, company, whatever that may look like. And you also offer um, a consultancy service for people who are planning to launch their own brand and and the larger scale of that service-based business. I'm wondering if you have some advice on 
just maybe something that you've found is really consistent no matter what somebody is launching or no matter what the brand um, on that, you know, making something that you've found in your head or that you've dreamed of for many years actually come to life. And then also I want to know what your service of consultancy looks like because I'm sure we're going to get lots of DMs saying, oh, my goodness, I need Miranda in my in my back pocket to help me launch this service. <laughs> Oh, that's nice. Well, yeah, I mean, it it can it really varies. So we will give advice from the big picture down to the small detail, depending what they're looking for. I mean, lots of people think about launching a skincare range, and in many cases, they assume it's easier um, than it is. And it's really an overcrowded market with lots of competition, especially from lots and lots of small entries entrance to the market. So the first thing we would chat about is, is, does the client have the emotional and the financial resources to commit to a product that might take years to succeed, if, if, if at all? It, it's not a cheap process. Um, and the second thing is about differentiation. So, I mean, why should somebody buy this product? What, what is special about this one as opposed to all the other hundreds that are on the shelves? Or what are you doing better that makes your offer compelling for your customers? So, because if you're not, you'd probably better go back to the drawing board <laughs> um, because otherwise there's, if you're just a me too brand, it'll be a lot of money spent and not really going anywhere. So usually after we get into the product details, um, packaging, pricing and distribution, it's a, um, that, that's the second phase. And then it's a complex process and needs, needs real thought at every stage, but it's, and it just depends on what the customer is looking for. Very, very cool. Incredible. Well, um, thank you so much, Miranda, for having a chat with me today. As I said at the top of the conversation there, you are extremely busy um, getting approached all the time. So I really, really appreciate your time um, and your expertise. I think no matter if you are a therapist launching a new product or a new service to a client or you are a GM or a CEO of a brand launching something into the industry at large, I think there's been loads and loads of tips and tricks and little gold nuggets that you've shared with us along this chat today, um, which people can take away with them. So thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Tamara. It's been lovely to speak with you. How was that? If you're a long-term listener of the podcast or even a reader of our mystery shop blog post, you will know how much we at Team Beauty love an experience that encompasses every touchpoint of the senses. And it sounds like Miranda really considers those when introducing a new product or service into the market, which I encourage you to do as well if you're refreshing your menu or even launching a new product yourself. If you're not already, make sure you're keeping up to date with all the latest Beauté goodness by being a Facebook community member, by joining our premium online portal Club Beauté, or by simply following along with us on socials at Beauté Industry. Until next time, stay connected.